Continuing our farm previews with the organization that's probably one of the best in baseball at developing pitchers, it's the Cleveland Guardians. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Lockdown MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. So when we're looking at uh, farm systems in the American League Central, uh, you have to start with the Cleveland Guardians. One, because they finished 92-70. and 70. They won the division last year, and that's kind of how I set a lot of this up. But also, just the fact that they have probably one of the better player development systems in all of baseball. And the, the harmony between scouting and development to make that work. So, top prospects in this system, as you would expect, a couple uh, prominent pitchers. Uh, number one pitcher or number one prospect in the system is a pitcher, right-hand pitcher Daniel Espino, 2019 first rounder out of high school, 6-1-205, had some injury concerns last year, so he only got four games in double A. 2-4-5 ERA in 18 and a third innings, 35 strikeouts, again in 18 innings, so 17.2 per nine, two four walks, 1.96 per nine, four home runs allowed. Again, incredibly small sample size. We will acknowledge up front, very small sample size. He had a knee injury and ended up missing the rest of the season. So in 61205, doesn't necessarily have the large stature of what you love for a right-handed pitcher, but He's just, he's very flexible, very explosive, and he makes the most out of his physical tools. The fastball is one of the better fastballs in the entire minor leagues. It is, I have seen an 80 grade. I think Baseball America gave it an 80 grade. I think Pipeline had it pretty close too, if not 80 grade. But sits 96, touches 100, has a ton of ride up in the zone. Great weapon to go with it. 70 grade slider, sits High 80s, occasionally can get up into the low 90s, surprisingly effective up there because of that velocity. Uh, gets lots of swings and misses with it. Also has an above average curveball. It's like a 12 to 6 breaker. And then uh, an average change up. It's kind of firm. It's a little raw. I think it could use, you know, use some refinement. But it's uh, the curveball gets chases and ground balls. The slider gets swing and miss. The fastball gets swing and miss. It's just absolutely a, uh, a devastating combination of tools. The issue is he can't necessarily stay healthy. Uh, you know, missing that entire year, it was a very aggressive assignment as far as getting him into double A. And again, was looking very, very good. Two, four, five ERA, albeit small sample size. So excited to see what he does uh, this year, provided he's completely healthy. And I think... He'll start off at double A, but if he looks as good as he looked in that small sample, it's entirely possible you see him in the bigs at some point in time in 2023. He hasn't, he's never broken 100 innings in a season, so there'll be some workload concerns if you get to that point. 
but that is a good issue to have. And he looks like he could potentially, if everything comes together, be a number two, maybe even a number one on the exceptional quality of the fastball and the slider. Number two prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Gavin Williams. Big boy, 6'6", 238. He was a 2021 first rounder out of Eastern Carolina. Got 25 starts last year between high A and double A. 196 ERA in 115 innings, 149 strikeouts, so 11.6 per nine, to 40 walks, 3.13 per nine, nine home runs allowed. Uh, Similar story here to Espino. Very, very good fastball with some above-average breaking stuff. The fastball is a 70 grade, sits around 95 or so, but he can run it up to 101. Gets lots of swing and miss. Very good up in the zone. Uh, Also has a curveball and slider. He's backwards from Espino in that the slider, I'm sorry, the curveball is better than the slider. He has an 11 to 5 curveball. The slider is probably above average, a little shorter break to it, and then a firm changeup. Uh, not very advanced, needs to do more development on that changeup. Uh, he's gotten better with the command and control since college, but I still think he's gonna probably going to cap out around average or so. I think he'll start this year at AAA, and again, you could see him up in Cleveland this summer. This is a trend. There's a bunch of these high-level prospects who could debut in 2023. Now, will they all have giant roles? Not necessarily. There's not enough uh, time or, you know, spots to start or at-bats for a lot of these guys, but they can contribute. And uh, if nothing else, it gives you fantastic depth as well as gives you trade options if you need to upgrade your team somehow. Number three prospect in the system, catcher Bo Naylor. His brother, obviously, already on uh, this team, but 2018 first round out of high school, six foot two oh five, got 18 games I'm sorry, 118 games between AA and AAA last year. 263, 392, 496. 21 home runs, 51 extra base hits, 82 walks to 121 strikeouts, and 20 of 24 on stolen bases. As a catcher, he had a 2020 year as a catcher. I, like that's, that's where we're going to start here, is defensively, He is a fantastic athlete, and you can see that both in the steals. Everything, every single one of his tools is at least a 50 grade, which for a catcher is amazing because normally that speed's not there. It's like JT Rilamuto and for a while Dalton Varsho, and that was about it. But uh, 50 grade speed, again, 20-24 on stolen bases. The defense is above average because he's so athletic. Um, It's very, it's very... He's very good at blocking-wise because he's so agile. The framing, he's worked on that. He's also worked on the throwing arm. So he's gotten more accurate, and he's gotten better at the little things he has to do to stop guys from running on him as much. Earlier in his career, when he was in the minors, dudes ran on him all the time. So he's gotten better at flashing the arm when he needs to, doing the little things, the back picks, things like that, to get guys... Uh, to be a little more conservative and not run as much. And the pitchers like working with him, which is always a big deal. The game calling is coming along. He's doing well with that. Offensively, did a lot of work last year to kind of fix the swing. Overhauled it a bit. Dropped his strikeout rate from 31.5% to just under 24%. Raised his walk rate. And so 
being able to better control what happens in the zone uh, kind of lit the power, which I kind of think is only really about above average, but it lit the power play up a bit. And you saw the numbers where he broke 20 home runs, broke 50 extra base hits, uh, has a promising future. I know that Austin Hedges is going to be going into free agency after this year. And so I think it's he's he's going to open the season with the Guardians. He really should. And I think there'll be an effort to get him comfortable and then start to transition to Naylor so that next year, 2024, he is the guy for you in Cleveland. Uh, Number four prospect in the system, George Valera, uh, 2017 IFA. Got 132 games between AA and AAA last year. 253, 463, 24 home runs, 52 extra base hits, 74 walks to 145 strikeouts, 2 of 6 on stolen bases. Uh, he's the guy so many players in this system, like so m- much more than anybody else, uh, the Guardians kind of stick with their projections and their models. And feels like offensively, they put a premium on contact ability and on base and solid defense. And so George Valera absolutely can fill a power role that you haven't really had from a corner outfielder uh, in here. So like right now, you've got Stephen Kwan in left, who had a fantastic rookie year last year, but very much is a contact-oriented hitter. You have Miles Straw, who just signed a contract extension for center field. Uh, didn't have a great year with the bat. The defense is really good, but again, more of a contact-oriented hitter. And then you have Oscar Gonzalez, who, incre- you know, young, had a good year last year, uh, but still doesn't necessarily give you all of that power that you want. So Valera is very useful in that context. Uh, it's a very quick swing, and so it, it the, but the bat lingers in the zone. So he's quick to the zone, and then he stays for a while in the zone. Uh, Strikeout rate's about 25%. Uh, It's kind of hovered around that same thing at every level. I think that's just who he is. He's got swing and miss in his game. He's going to continue to have it. Um, But he he has good enough uh, strike zone awareness where he can still work a walk. I mean, he walked 74 times to 145 strikeouts. That's just going to be the line that George Valera has. He's going to strike out more than once, you know, More than once a game, he's going to walk about half the number of times he strikes out. That's just kind of who he is as a player. But I absolutely think he could be a 25 or 30 home run guy if everything goes well in Cleveland. He hit 24 last year, third in the entire organization in home runs in the minors. And so he'll be a corner outfielder. Speed's average, arm strength's average. The defense is probably about average. He's been playing a lot in right field. I think you could interchange him between right and left, but on the big league roster, he would fit right because Stephen Kwan's more of a true left fielder. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. Obviously, we know it's good, but we want, I want to talk about why it's good. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Uh, This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We are very excited that they are our partner because it's the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, it's great. They have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app now, safe, secure, super easy to use, so that you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3 
$1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The actual line itself as of Monday morning is Eagles by one and a half over under a 49 and a half points. You can look at there's specials about this combination of players will exceed this many yards. Any player to have more than the Super Bowl record yards, a coin toss result. Uh, will the opening kickoff be a touchback? All kind of fun props, things like that you can do for the Super Bowl. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Right after Super Bowl's over, you can cash out and take all of that money that you've won. So join, join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Okay, so when we're talking about the state of the pitching in this system, it is perhaps better than in any other organization in baseball. And it's because the Cleveland Guardians just, Cleveland just knows pitching. They are just very good. This is the same system that has brought you CeCe Sabathia, has brought you Cliff Lee, has brought you Corey Kluber, has brought you Carlos Carrasco, has brought you Mike Clevenger, uh, despite what's going on with him now has brought you Shane Bieber. Like, there's just tons of fantastic pitching in here, and it's a thing that Cleveland has needed to do. So the going rate for a starting pitcher who is on a one-year prove-it deal is somewhere between 10 and $12 million. Mike Clevenger got $12 million from the White Sox. Obviously, that's a question now because he's in legal trouble. Uh, Matthew Boyd and Kyle Gibson got each got $10 million. Uh, Boyd with the Tigers, Gibson from the Orioles. Andrew Heaney, two years, $25 million with the Rangers, 12 and a half per year. Jose Quintana, two year, $26 million from the Mets. Zach Eflin, three years, $40 million with the Rays. I mean, Jameson Tai and Taiwan Walker, good. Like, they're fine pitchers. They're perfectly fine. They're not spectacular. They signed four-year deals. Talion for $68 million with the Cubs. Walker with, for $72 million with the Phillies. So if you want like a, like a, a reclamation project for a pitcher, it's going to be, you know, 10 to $12 million bucks. If you want a number one option, a top-shelf starter, it's going to cost you $25 million or more. Like, look at the Mets rotation right now. Just the top four. Verlander, Scherzer, Carlos Carrasco, and Quintana together in 2023 are going to make $114 million, which I'm pretty sure the Guardian's entire payroll won't break $114 million. So what that means is Cleveland, more so than any other organization, puts a premium on identifying pitchers in the draft that they can improve when they get into the organization and make them into top flight guys. And I, they stick with the models. They love guys that have above average control, that have four at least average quality pitches and good pitchability. And their thought process is we can, we can get some more velo out of these guys. They've shown an ability to do that. We can improve the spin on some of these pitches. And when you combine those things, then every year you're going to have some sort of stupid performance from a prospect that breaks them out. 2019, 
a bunch of injuries in your rotation. Aaron Savali and Zach Plesak come out and get the team in the playoffs. Shane Bieber uh, broke out. That was his second year in the bigs. He broke out uh, and gave them the, the runway to trade Trevor Bauer. Like, it's just, you can, it gives you so much more flexibility roster-wise and financially when you can develop your own starting pitching versus having to go out and pay free agent prices for it. No free agent starting pitcher has been in the rotation for Cleveland. And I want to say eight se- eight or 10 seasons, I think it was Scott Kazmir, like a, like a decade ago, is the last free agent wrote like like member of the rotation who's been who was in the rotation and then also you obviously can do trades you can trade some of these prospects after they break out you can also go and trade some of the starters as they get closer to free agency if you don't think you'll be able to resign them you can trade them and backfill with your fantastic prospects and to kind of look at the difference in some of the guys who have broken out and have not broken out. It's really interesting. So right-hand pitcher Tanner Bibby, 6'190", 2021 fifth rounder out of Cal State Fullerton. Got 25 games last year between high A and double A. 217 ERA and 132 and two-thirds innings. 167 strikeouts, 11.3 per nine, to 27 walks, 1.8 per nine, and 12 home runs allowed. The thing here, remember, above average control, four solid pitches, and good pitchability. He's got a plus fastball, sits in the mid-90s. He can run it up to 99. He's got a plus slider. He also has an average curveball and an average change. He's got good control, and he throws an above-average number of strikes. He just pounds the strike zone. Uh, I expect him to go back to AAA. The numbers were much better in AA Akron than AAA Columbus. I expect him to go back to AAA. uh, And... Sorry. Uh... I expect him to go probably back to double A to start the year and then a quick trip from there to triple A. And he very well may have to come up and debut if you are missing guys in the rotation over the course of 2023. Flip side is a guy like Logan Allen who hasn't quite had that breakout yet. 2020 second rounder out of Florida International. Again, not incredibly physically imposing, six foot 180 or so. But 27 games between AA and AAA, 475 ERA in 132 and two-thirds innings, 177 strikeouts, 12 per nine, 251 walks, three and a half per nine, 17 home runs allowed. And the stuff is good, but the fastball isn't quite to the level of some of the other guys in the system. It's an average fastball, sits in the low 90s, he can locate it really well. And being a lefty, you can get away with a little bit lower velocity on the fastball. Obviously, you'd love it to be better, but you can get away with the lower velocity. The changeup is a plus changeup, has good uh, arm speed blending with the fastball. There's enough velocity separation between the fastball and the change, and it works really well against both lefties and righties. The slider is average or so. He has a cutter. It's a newer newer pitch. Uh, it's above average. But it helps both the fastball and the slider play up a bit because it kind of it follows the same tunnel to the plate and helps keep guys from sitting on the fastball or sitting on the slider. Uh, he controls plus. Part of the issue why his numbers got significantly worse in AAA than AA, like 3-3-3 ERA in AA, 6-4-9 in AAA, 
is the fact that the upper level hitters in AAA weren't as susceptible to the chase as they were in AA. His walks went from 2.7 per nine to 4.3 per nine. Uh, Strikeouts came down from 12.8 per nine to 11 even. And it's because those upper level hitters weren't chasing as much. So the Logan Allen, if you're following the Guardians textbook here, it would be get a little bit more velocity on that fastball so you can bring it up to above average or so and get the slider to break a little bit more. Uh, You do those two things, you can get more swing and miss when these guys don't chase, and there you have your breakout pitcher. Uh, In just a minute, we're going to go over some of the superlatives. Uh, I actually don't have Logan Allen as my breakout, but there's multiple options in here if you want to pick one. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you want a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. Uh, we're through the holidays now. We're in, you know, we're beginning of February. My goal is to eat healthier, and I've made it a month so far, and I'm not going to fall off the wagon now. And so that's where Built Bar comes in. Uh, they taste good. They're covered 100% real chocolate, so real chocolate. But despite that, 130 calories, four grams of sugar. 17 grams of protein. The flavors are fantastic. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, things like that. I don't know how they do this, how they make it taste so good, but it still hits your macros. The great thing is you don't have to wait around to get a box. You can go to built.com, check out all of the flavors, the limited time things, the recurring options, the staples that never go away. But if you want them right now, go to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, grab a four bar box of cookies and cream, of double chocolate, or of coconut puff. If you know you want them and you want to save a little bit of money by buying in bulk, go to Sam's. You can get a 13-bar box of brownie batter or churro. So, built.com, Walmart in the pharmacy section, or at Sam's. You'll thank me later. Okay, so superlatives for this system. Uh, Something we say on the show a lot, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. Uh, corner infielder Joinski Noel, 2018 IFA, 6'3", 250, big boy, but big bat. 133 games between high A, double A, triple A last year, mostly in high A and double A. He got like four games in triple A. It's that September call-up that we talked about where you would promote a guy at the end of his affiliate season, let him participate in the playoffs at the next level up, or the week before the playoffs, and then maybe the playoffs the next level up, but 229, 310, 489, 32 home runs, 60 extra base hits, again, 133 games, so a decent ratio there. 49 walks to 150 strikeouts, 3 of 3 on stolen bases. The thing with Jowinski Noel, why your power tool is only as good as your hit tool, is he's got plate discipline work to do, and specifically on breaking balls. He's still prone to chase on breaking balls. And that's where you can get him. And as he rose in the minors, you start to see that become a problem more and more because the pitchers you're facing are better able to locate their breaking balls and are better able to execute when they attack him via breaking balls. So going from high A to double A, slugging dropped 25 or so points. Uh, and then going to AAA, just about everything, and again, very small sample size, four games, but about everything backed up a little bit in AAA. I expect him to go back to AAA to start the year. Um, he'll be an option at multiple different positions if he does get called up. 
first base, third base. He's played some outfield. The range isn't great. The arm is above average. So he's played some third, kind of a work in progress. He's played first base, not as demanding, obviously. He's played a little bit of corner outfield. You can make that work if you needed to. Again, it gives you power. You do have plenty of outfield options already. And Quan, Strong, and Gonzalez, and then Valera's ahead of him as well. But he gives you versatility at multiple positions and some power. For a breakout prospect, you literally could pick almost any pitcher in this system and you wouldn't be stunned. I mean, Tanner Burns, college pitcher out of Auburn, uh, above average control, four solid pitches, good pitchability. Dylan DeLucia from Old Miss, last year's draft. Above average control, four solid pitches, good pitchability. The guy that I like, though, left-hand pitcher Joey Cantillo, 2017 16th rounder out of Hawaii, out of high school in Hawaii by the Padres, was dealt over in the Mike Clevenger deal. 6'4", 220, got 14 games, 13 starts in AA last year. 1.93 ERA in 60 and two-thirds innings. 87 strikeouts, so 12.9 per nine, to 28 walks, 4.15 per nine, with two home runs allowed. Uh, He's had some injury issues. That's why he only got 14 starts last year. Had a scapula issue last year. Had an oblique issue in 2021. But what it has done is it's given him extra time at the complex and extra time with the instructors while he's been rehabbing. And so now, compared to where he was in high school and when he first got drafted to now, Amazing change. The fastball is a plus fastball. Sits 95, can touch 97. Uh, the the changeup is a plus changeup. The scout that I talked to that saw him recently used the word deadly. Like it is a fantastic changeup. Uh, the curveball is average. He's added a cutter, and so it, like still a work in progress. But it's another pitch to just to kind of give him options against lefties, and then. Because of the injuries and the time, he's been able to kind of break down the delivery and fix it, make it more efficient, make it more streamlined. It used to look a lot like Clayton Kershaw's delivery, but uh, it was a little bit jerky and didn't quite gather and get everything to the plate in a, in a smooth motion. So as they've rebuilt the delivery, it's more direct to the plate. We've seen the velo increase. He's also done a lot of work as far as putting on healthy weight so that he can get the velocity. He went from, uh, in, in, in Hawaii, I think he, ta- he capped out in high school at like 88 miles an hour. Now he's capping out, you know, touching 97, 98. Uh, so love what Joey Cantillo could do with a full healthy year in the minors. Guy who needs to stay healthy, Cantillo could be an option. Daniel Espino, to me, just because he is a top prospect and the stuff is so good, but he needs to, he needs to stay healthy so that we can see what he can do. Again, lost most of the year, had four starts, 18 innings last year after a knee injury, rehabbed it, was able to get into instructs and do some work with the staff, but not into actual games. And so I want to see him healthy all year so he can theoretically make it all the way up to Cleveland in 2023. Uh, The best outfield defender in this system Will Brennan, uh, 2019 eighth rounder out of Kansas State, fits the same profile offensively that a lot of these Cleveland guys can do. High contact, good defense. So uh, 129 games between AA and AAA last year. 314, 371, 479. 13 home runs, 57 extra base hits, 50 walks to 69 strikeouts, 20 to 23 on stolen bases. 
doesn't strike out a ton. Walks almost as much as he strikes out. Um, batting average over 300, but slugging's under 500. Kind of the story of a lot of guys in this system. Uh, the swing used to be too flat. He really worked on revamping the swing to give him more of an uppercut to get the right launch angle to use his power to get balls out. Got 11 games in the big leagues last year. Small sample size alert, yes, but 357, 400, 500, one home run, three extra base hits, two walks to four strikeouts, two or three on stolen bases. Uh, Defensively, has a high floor because the defense is so good. Above average speed, above average arm, but you combine that with very, very good reads, routes, and reactions, and he can play a good center field. So if Miles Straw... Uh, continues to struggle offensively and or gets injured. I think Will Brennan's your choice to come up and play in center field every day, be your starting center fielder. And the hope would be with a full season, he would take a leap kind of like what Stephen Kwan did from when he got called up to when he actually got into games. Keep that batting average up over 300. The 300, 400, 500 slash line is really hard to maintain for a full season. That's our milestone in the minors of a guy being a dude uh, doesn't quite always happen in the bigs but still would love to see a batting average over 300 you can see an on base in the high threes and a slugging in the high fours would make uh, Cleveland very very happy fantastic week this week we got the White Sox coming up tomorrow really excited to talk about what they've added and some of the results that we saw from Project Birmingham where they brought all of their prospects to A Birmingham to the Barons for a while to work together. In the meantime, if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the new Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Oh.